Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid on a Monday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside. DRS, how you feeling? I feel good, even though I'm lighter in the pockets this week. And Kevin, if I can mm. start this week off, usually I say new week, new money. I think I'm getting out there with a bat and trying to swing deep, man. Somebody help me out, Kevin. Maybe you can help me out over the weekend. Not good in the home run market, and that's what I need this week to happen. Home runs, people. Come on. Plenty of time to bounce back. I, I am sure of it. I do feel like Wake Up Astros was a change to like your uh, Twitter description at one point there. I know that that team's let you down a couple of times, despite the fact <sighs> that they uh, do primarily remain in the win column. But here we are on a Monday, dead period, schmed period. There is a lot to get to, and it all does begin with Wimbledon, his 21st major title and fourth straight win at Wimbledon. Novak takes it down beating Kyrgios in the final and wins Wimbledon. That was interesting. And I tweeted out yesterday, Kevin, I'm not watching. This is how crazy it is, right? I'm not watching Nadal Djokovic, two of the best tennis players of all time. But when Kyrgios is in the final, I'm in on it. I couldn't get enough of it. Like, even if it was on in the background for me, Kevin, it had my attention because I couldn't figure out who he was yelling at, why he was yelling at, and the point of yelling at his own crowd members or his coaches in their box. Fantastic TV to watch. If Kyrgios is in more finals, Kevin, I'm in. Sign me up on tennis. Two animated tennis guys. I think at the end of it, they kind of said, ah, maybe a bit of a bromance building between us. Yeah. Uh, and one thing with Novak is, you know, the anticipation is that his domination will continue. They do have a U.S. Open market up right now. That's going to be in the back end of August. He is the favorite at a plus 130 number to win that there. So you see that the expectations that what Novak did here, that's who he is, and it's what, again, the FanDuel Sportsbook is expecting he will do. Just for reference, Kyrgios is 26-1 to 1 in that same U.S. Open market, as, again, the tennis world certainly had people's attention over the past week or so. In Major League Baseball, the All-Stars are announced snubs and starters alike. Uh, AL and NL, I thought one of the most interesting things kind of due to an overcrowded maybe position circumstance, Jordan Alvarez, some people might argue the MVP, is not an all-star starter as Otani got the nod at DH. There you go. Superstar Otani here getting that bump. It's going to be pitching and also batting in the all-star game. It is a tough snub there, but again, it's an all-star game. You're still in the all-star game. 
Now, you're going to look back on this 25 years ago, but I should have been a starter. Well, personally, maybe so. But after the All-Star game takes place, will anybody remember that Jordan Alvarez didn't start the All-Star game? No, they won't. Interesting. There is a hot topic around the All-Star game. I'm wondering if you will keep the same tone. We will get to that in just a couple of minutes. A lot of headlines around, again, Major League Baseball. The Baltimore Orioles are piping hot. An eight-game win streak. But one thing that I think we absolutely need to bring up right away is the Atlanta Braves just one and a half back on the New York Mets. The last time they were this close, it was April, and it's only now a minus 130 number on the Mets to win that division. It's crazy because you're, the Calvary is coming back here. Obviously, with Max Scherzer, we're going to talk about their game playing today, but he's on the mm -hmm. mound. We'll see when Jacob DeGrom gets back. But my goodness, this looked like one of those runaway and high divisions here for the Mets, Kevin. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And quite frankly, could that lead be gone before we even play the All-Star game? It's incredible. <laughs> the radio audience is with us here on this Monday morning. Kevin Walsh, Donnie right side of the early line, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 159. But the how did this fall apart for the Mets? Look, again, the Braves mm -hmm. win every game. But that Mets team had the most runs scored in baseball for so long. Look, they're one bad day away from having the third most runs scored in their own division as that Braves offense is heated up, and they have the same mm -hmm. amount of runs scored right now as the Kyle Schwarber-led Philadelphia Phillies. In the NBA, waiting, waiting, waiting on Kevin Durant news, Kyrie Irving news. One thing we are hearing, though, out of Utah, is they really plan to – Keep Donovan Mitchell, and apparently Donovan Mitchell has no interest in asking out of Utah. It's kind of interesting when you try to break it down, Kevin, because we thought it would be a complete start of right head coach gone, Rudy Gobert gone, Donovan Mitchell gone. But Donovan Mitchell is the type of player you do want to build around, and you got a fantastic draft pack, excuse me, draft package back in your last trade with Rudy Gobert. But is this one of those where, boy, did you see what we got for Rudy? What do you think we can get for Donovan Mitchell? Let's hold out for a better deal, Miami Heat. Could that be coming down the line? It very well could. And I don't think Donovan would be moved until Kevin Durant would be moved. But right now, both parties seemingly saying all the right things. The NBA Summer League has been dominating headlines as the top five in that class have all really put on some impressive performances. But tonight, I think it's one that people have been waiting for. It'll be Paolo Bancaro versus Chet Holmgren at Summer League. That game again tonight, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the Orlando Magic. Must-see TV. And also, Kevin, how is this going to affect the MVP, excuse me, rookie of the year, MVP markets here, depending on, who scores more points tonight? Incredible stuff to watch and play out. Again, if you haven't been paying the whole way, you might think that sounds ridiculous. Quite literally, yep. if, say, Paolo goes out there and dominates, he might wake up tomorrow as the favorite for Rookie of the Year. Pair of football wow. headlines here. Dak Prescott, best shape of his life. Apparently, the Dallas PR team understands how this works. The Niners doesn't. All the Trey Lance rumors are not working out there. But, Donnie, we're hearing best shape of the life for Dak Prescott. Yeah, outside of like James Harden showing up in an NBA training camp in the worst shape of his life, what NFL player is not in the best shape of their life at this? It's just that time of year. We get those mm -hmm. tweets. Everybody is in the best shape of their life. Not me, though. And how about Oregon? A lot of question marks. What's next for them? Well, one thing is having one of the best quarterbacks in the country recruit to the Oregon Ducks. lot coming up next year on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Baseball, AL, and NL. We've got the starters, the reserves, the snubs list for a lot of people is long, long, long. We knew that Otani was going to be featured in some way. He is now, for the second year in a row, selected as both hitter and pitcher. He's got the starting DH nod, but at some point, I'm sure we will see him on the mound. There's a controversy. We'll get there in a minute about who should be starting these games. Talk to me at first, though. You saw the all-star teams Anything that caught your eye? You still worried about snubs here? Anything of interest to you when they announced who's in and who's out for the All-Star game? Yeah, snubs aren't that big of a deal to me in the All-Star game for Major League Baseball because, quite frankly, it's like the NFL Pro Bowl. All Pro Bowl snubs, it all works out in the end. These pitchers can't pitch. This guy, you know, bows out for a certain reason, and a couple guys get added, and it's no big deal at this point. But I got to tell you, star power, just looking at this game alone for me, Kevin. I look at the, at the American League and say, man, they got it. Like, even though Vladdy's not having a great season here at first base, he's still a super, superstar. Jose Altuve, Rafael Devers, and then, you know, Tim Anderson, obviously a good shortstop. But look at the outfield, man. You got Judge Trout and Stanton in that outfield with the DH of Shohei Otani, who's also going to be on the mound. If you're just looking at an all-star game, as they say, man, the stars are really shining here for the American League for me. So I, I think my issue I have with it, though, is it's there's no reason that Jordan Alvarez isn't in the starting lineup. But I'm not going to come on here today and tell you, oh, Otani mm-hmm. doesn't belong. In the, no, of course it's it's Shohei Otani, right? He, you know, hitter. I got you. Realistically, it Jordan's numbers compared to Giancarlo Stanton's are not the same. And it, trust me, no one's going to sit here and tell you, well, Stanton's in the field significantly more than Jordan Alvarez. That's not the case. Look, it is what it is. It's a fan voting situation. Jordan's going to get his one at bat in the same way that Stanton's going to get his one at bat. But I do think baseball would be doing themselves a a little bit better service to not have maybe the entire thing feel uh, like it's it's decided by the fans were kind of locked in on on the position situation here. Like, does Otani need to make it as both? I guess it's a good celebration for what he is. But it is quite laughable that maybe the single best hitter in Major League Baseball. By the way, folks, Yankees fan here today telling that Jordan probably should be starting over Giancarlo Stan. I mean, legitimately the most unbiased voice the media landscape has to offer. Jordan has to be inside the starting lineup, Donnie. I know maybe it doesn't matter. I hear what you're saying, but that's avoidable. It looks ridiculous because, again, like Otani, from a hitting perspective, isn't even in the same stratosphere as Jordan Alvarez, but the easiest fix would have just been to have Jordan in the outfield, but he's getting all the DH votes. It's a bit of a mess. 
It, it is a little bit of a mess, but we have to remember the All-Star Game is basically just an exhibition and Major League Baseball takes pride in the fans will vote in the All-Star Game starters. And quite frankly, if you look and say, OK, Hernan Alvarez probably deserved to be in the starting lineup, but he's not big box office. Like if you ask kids outside of Houston who your favorite Major League Baseball player is, is it going to be Aaron Judge or is it going to be Giancarlo Stanton or is it going to be Jordan Alvarez or is it even going to be Shohei Otani over him? Of course it's going to be mm-hmm. there. So he's going to make an All-Star team. And that's what the important thing is but when the fans are voting on it it's based on big box office alvarez is a sensational hitter don't get me wrong but big box office is shohei otani I, again that's the thing i don't want i'm not going to come on here but yeah. hey, you got to go to otani out of the all-star game it's shohei otani <laughs> here was the one thing i was alluding to i'm curious if you care at all the all-star game starter on the nl side of it there's la dodger tony gonsolin best era in all of baseball Sandy Alcantara, the favorite to win NL Cy Young, second-to-best ERA in the National League. And then there's the guy that a lot of people think should start the game, legacy nod, is an all-star, and that's Clayton Kershaw. How do you feel about this situation? Sandy, he's earned it. It should be him. If it's not Sandy, it's Gonsolin. He's been fantastic, 11-0, best ERA in baseball. Or as what you've kind of been, exhibition game, who cares? Clayton Kershaw in L.A., give him the ball to start the game. It means a lot. Like, if you are actually, and again, you're talking about starting lineups. To the players individually, it means a lot. Like, if you start an all-star game, that means you're the best pitcher in your league and recognized as so. But sometimes history trumps a lot. If this game, Kevin, was played in Philadelphia, let's just say, or New York City, nobody's going to argue that Clayton Kershaw should be on the mound. But the fact of the matter is, this game is in Los Angeles, and what a nod to this guy's career to start at home. And everybody's going to realize that, even if you're Sandy Alcantara, you're stepping up there going, you know, I probably should start, but this guy's done it all throughout his career. I mean, this is his home ballpark. You get it. The same way that if this game was in Miami, Sandy Alcantara would be the starting pitcher there because that's his home ballpark. You just get the nod that way. Fair or unfair, the move is to start Clayton Kershaw here as the starter at home in Dodger Stadium. It really is. I look, I guess I'm a, I'm a curmudgeon here on a Monday morning, but yeah. the one, it does matter who starts an all-star game. It usually does. Clayton, I mean, Clayton, I don't even think Clayton Kershaw like qualifies for the ERA leaderboard. <laughs> I get it. It's in also like it's incredible too. Like we talk about Sandy being snubbed. Like, I mean, Tony Gonsolin secretly, like, hold on a minute now. Like, we're giving this to an LA guy and it's Clayton Kershaw. I mean, goodness now, how about me. This one I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Get get to the yeah, hot. You, you know where I'm going with this. Now, mm-hmm, look, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I watched the game maybe a month ago where this guy had a no-hit bid going. I don't know. Maybe it was a perfect game. Perfect I can't game. remember, but certainly a no-hitter going. Perfect. He gets taken out of the game. They want to save his arm to make a playoff run, and hopefully he's there in October. So you're telling me now that we're going to get a Clayton Kershaw 50-pitch, you know, three-inning performance here in an exhibition game that doesn't yeah. matter? I got some issues. I got some questions. I got some questions with that one, but he should start. But if we want to play devil's advocate, Uh we can get after it here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like the Dodgers don't care about the World Series anymore (laughs) if they're going to allow Clayton Kershaw to go out there. Uh And Tony Gonsolin's right behind him. I mean, my good. I can't. I can't. He. It is what it is. I can't believe anybody out there still defends it. There's a lot of win streaks going on in Major League Baseball right now. Can we? Okay. (laughs) the Baltimore Orioles just swept the Los Angeles Angels, and I so badly want the story to be the Angels being swept by Baltimore. I can't do that. Baltimore's won eight in a row. They are one game 
under 500 after 87 games played. What is going on with the Baltimore Orioles right now is stunning, legitimately, Donnie. In the AL wildcard race, two back of the final spot in the American League. It's it's pretty astounding when we look at it because keep in mind, the same way we talk about the top of this division, which is the New York Yankees at 61 and 25, usually you say, oh, right, well, they're playing in a division with a bunch of Oakland athletic type teams. That's not the case. This is the best division in baseball. You have the Red Sox, the Rays, the Blue Jays, which are going to get to them in just a few moments, but the Orioles. And my talking point heading into the season is it's going to be determined who wins this division between the Jays, Rays, Red Sox, and Yankees, whoever handles their business against the Baltimore Orioles because, Kevin, they are going to be terrible. And here they are at 43-44 and 44 on a win streak here. I'm so impressed by what Baltimore's done, which is good for baseball. This is a storied franchise that sort of fell off and was almost under the opinion, like, okay, well, we'll secede here to the Washington Nationals just a few miles away, and we'll just eat some money up here in, in one of the beautiful ballparks in the American League and, quite frankly, in Major League Baseball. Come out and enjoy a day at the ballpark like the Pittsburgh Pirates. This team looks like they're legitimately headed in the right direction. It couldn't have been, Kevin. Just moving the fence back was all they needed to get that confidence back in that pitching staff? Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Like, may, like they maybe get, like, executive of the year because they decided yeah. to move that fence back. Like, I, I have no idea. Mm. Now, look, I know this is probably unfair, but can I not ask the MVP to grab a game in Baltimore? I mean, figure it out somehow, some way. It's not like they're – like, Donnie, I get it. The last game of the series was 9-5. The game before that, one nothing, 5-4-4-1-2-1. I mean, Donnie, they, they can't score. They, they 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 can't score the Los Angeles Angels. What, I mean, what is this? Like teams need to call them at the deadline here and put their feet to the fire. I mean that's just the end of the story. This this cannot go on this way. You cannot have two of the five best players in Major League Baseball and legitimately be the worst team in the sport since the 25th of May. And yet here we are with the Los Angeles Angels. We'll hit a couple of more baseball headlines. Make the move to the NBA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. They're not the only team. So have the Seattle Mariners, who are now 45 and 42. The thing with that win streak not only includes taking uh, two 
in San Diego, but they just clean sweep the Toronto Blue Jays for four. Bigger takeaway for you, the eight-game win streak that belongs to the Seattle Mariners or really what is now a slumping Toronto team lost eight of their last nine baseball games. There's way too much talent in Toronto for them to be slumping this way. 45 and 42. So, okay, still hanging around, you know, the wild card race. But this is a team that we expected at the beginning of the season to challenge for the AL title and possibly an MVP in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. As I said, the talent level and the discrepancy is they shouldn't be 45 and 42. So when you look at the Mariners, it just seems like, you know, West Coast, Northwest team, you sort of forget about them, but they were supposed to have a bounce back season as well. Maybe finally now starting to bounce back as they're 45 and 42. But the fact of the matter is we don't bring them up that much. The AL West here with the Houston Astros for a 12 game lead over Seattle Mariners team that has won eight straight games. Just think about that. And look at the lead that the Astros have here in the West. 12 games, 16 games, 19 games in the Oakland Athletics in dead last place, 28 games behind the Houston Astros. But I don't know if you can raise the alarm bells or go for panic right now in the Toronto Blue Jays, but my goodness, I mean, what is going one in nine in their last 10 games? They just can't get off the mat. And as I said, they're too talented here just to be floundering mm-hmm. around at this point, Kevin. It really is an odd thing when you look, right? Because Manoa and Gaussman are in the AL Cy Young conversation, right? Even if McClanahan has himself a pretty decent lead. Vladdy Jr., yeah, he's pulled back, but he's he's an all-star starter. Alejandro Kirk is an all-star starter, which is a guy that's come from the clouds. But it's just clearly not timely hitting from this team. And, And overall, there is, you know, there's been some bounce back here. I mean, I tried to warn people on the Vladdy Jr. thing. It's ridiculous to assume a guy is just going to, for the rest of his career, be batting 320 with 50 homers on 125 RBIs. It's not. A, it's just not a thing that happens, really. And Bo Bichette feel like he hasn't taken the right steps there. Matt Chapman is – here's the thing about Matt Chapman. He's been who he kind of was in Oakland before they acquired him. I mean, the guy's batting 219. It's, it's, it's not that much of a step back there. But give the Seattle Mariners credit. They had a big slump in the early beginnings of this season – clearly have pulled themselves out and will be in the thick of that AL wildcard race, which will uh, include basically the entire AL East and the Boston Red Sox, who have had two really nice wins in a row to close out a four-game set against the New York Yankees. I want to make the move over to the NBA, and it all does begin with Kevin Durant, as that is still the premier story in the NBA landscape, because until that happens, I think a lot of other things are being held up. The most recent thing that I kind of saw, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report uh, talking on, on, I believe, his podcast, and it's, you know, people start to kind of send out the message there, where the latest update is Kevin Durant really has his heart set on joining the Phoenix Suns with Miami close behind. I'm still trying to figure out if the Brooklyn Nets and kind of the slowness of this deal is because... Not that they aren't getting offers that maybe satisfy what they're looking for, but maybe they really are only talking to two teams seriously as they're trying to give Durant what he wants by sending him to either Phoenix or Miami. 
Yeah, and, and you do have some time since we're in the off season. It's not as if they're showing up to training camp in two days and they want to get this situated. So time is on the side of the Brooklyn Nets. But I, I sort of find it interesting to me when the story breaks about a week and a half ago where Kevin Durant says, I want to be traded. Here's a list of teams because the same teams that we're hearing now, Kevin, right? This, you know, Phoenix Suns were up there, the Miami Heat. They're still in it. And I'm just amazed that these offers haven't been ramped up because if you take a look and I don't know what Brooklyn's asking for back because you hear the reports like, yeah, it's fine. Give us Devin Booker and five first round draft picks. That's not going to happen. Or, you know, same thing with the Miami Heat. Give us Bam out of Bayou, Jimmy Butler. And they're not going to include that because they want to win a championship. Now, how good is Kevin Durant where he can come and single-handedly carry your team into the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Yes, he can do that. But if you're from a Kevin Durant perspective, Kevin, and also the team that's acquiring him's perspective, the point of getting him is not to say, okay, he's our centerpiece. The point of getting is going, okay, now we're the NBA favorites to win a championship. This is why we put our future in peril with so many draft picks because we are ready to win now. But I am astonished here that this deal has not already been across the goal line because if you have the two teams mapped out, doesn't pressure really ratchet up between those two franchises about who really wants them? We saw the Miami Heat also talking to Donovan Mitchell and maybe acquiring. So there's a couple hot plates out there for these teams, but I just can't figure out why it's taking so long where you know this guy wants to go here. And maybe it's Kevin Durant, that Baker Mayfield-esque move where, look, mm -hmm. I want to go here, but I'm really not forcing the issue at this point. I'm not going scorched earth saying, I will not show up for your franchise. Don't ever contact me again until I'm in Phoenix or Miami. Maybe that's going to take some time. But I am astonished, as I said, that we haven't had movement here on either him or Kyrie at this point for the Brooklyn Nets. And I think it's not necessarily for me that a deal isn't done. It's that we haven't at least been given, according to sources, Kevin Durant has told the Brooklyn Nets he would be willing to go to Toronto if they give the best offer. Or vice versa. Kevin Durant is unwilling to go to Toronto or New Orleans or Portland or whatever, it, whoever it is that fits the description there. And I don't, I know there was the report from Chris Haynes that said Kevin Durant has gone radio silent. But he has to pick up a phone call from Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets if this is going to get done. I, I would think. Now, I don't know because, again, the Brooklyn Nets have done this bizarre thing where they think it's very normal to operate without speaking to their stars, and then they get blindsided by Kyrie opting in, and then two days later, Durant requesting out, and this is how we get here. But that's, again, what has surprised me a lot. You know, over the weekend, Damian Lillard opted in uh, or signed an extension to keep him in Portland until 2027. Huge, huge money for Dame at that point to be 60 plus million a year. We had heard that Kevin Durant, or excuse me, rather, Damian Lillard was constantly trying to speak to the front office there. Prove to me you want to win. Prove to me you want to win. And again, I thought that they had a nice offseason in Portland. But the they didn't do anything in between him saying, prove it to me, and them offering the or you know, Damian signing the extension. Can somebody confirm or deny, Donnie, that they made a legitimate push in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes? Are they sneaky alive in the KD sweepstakes? And we don't know. Those are the kind of things that I still am surprised we haven't heard more substantial information on. Yeah, so I can ask you this question on a Monday morning as we wait to see where Kevin Durant goes. What's more likely here? He winds up in Phoenix, Miami, which are the two front runners or a mystery team that we just wake up on Wednesday morning, a Woj bomb at 9 a.m., the mm -hmm. New York Knicks have acquired Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. What's more likely right now in your opinion? Uh, absolutely great question. For me, I'm taking the field. Basically, everybody outside of the top two. And here's part of the reason why. I don't think the Heat are in the race at all. 
again, Kevin Durant in La La Land says, I'll only go if Butler, Bam, and Kyle Lowry are still on the roster. There's no deal to be made for Miami's side that doesn't inveal, uh, doesn't include Bam. But also, if you bring in Bam, then you got to get rid of Ben Simmons. So that doesn't work at all. Phoenix is your front runner, and understandably so. But we've heard that Brooklyn hasn't been overly impressed by what they have to offer in Phoenix. So I have to give credence to the Torontos and the New Orleans and the you know other sleeper teams of the world because I, that top two to me and one of them I don't even find to be all too live in this race. There, it's a great, great question, and and again, that is why I want to hear a little bit more about these other teams because. Listen, it, it feels like another team outside of Phoenix or Miami will be presenting the best package. Let's get to the Utah Jazz here quickly. Look, uh, my read on Donovan Mitchell not requesting out slash Utah saying we're going to stick with Donovan and rebuild around Donovan is more that they're not trading Donovan Mitchell until a Kevin Durant deal gets done because KD gets traded. And then all of a sudden, the Miami Heat pivot and say, okay, here's our best offer, everything on the table. Or a Toronto makes the same phone call. Or so, or Brooklyn takes everything that they just got back from a KD deal and sends it to Utah's direction to bring in Donovan Mitchell. Something along those lines, I am not 100% sold Donovan Mitchell is on the Utah Jazz game number one. It's the favorite, if you're putting odds on it, it's the favorite, Donnie, but I'm not 100% sold that he is in Utah to open up this season. And the one thing that comes into play here as you take a look at it is why wouldn't the Utah Jazz want to rebuild with Donovan Mitchell? I mean, the guy's young. He's 25 years old. He's just entering into his prime, and it's quite frankly a very good NBA player already. So if you're saying you want to hit the reset button, we understood like Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, maybe it didn't work out. You got an unbelievable package here for Rudy Gobert that you could say, okay, why don't we keep Donovan Mitchell and use these draft picks and salary cap moves that we can make to sort of build around and say, this is our cornerstone guy. And by the time he is 27 or 28 years old, we'll be ready to make an NBA title run because the one thing we agreed upon when the season ended was maybe it's a good thing that the Utah Jazz once again got blown out of the playoffs to show them Look, this coach isn't working here. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, you know, transaction is not working together. Something has to change. But if I'm an NBA franchise, particularly the Utah Jazz, I moved Gobert, moved on from the coach. I go to Donovan Mitchell. You're a centerpiece, man. You're going to be our max player. We're going to build around you. I'm going to make sure you be competitive in the Western Conference for years. Stick with us and believe in us. I'm not trading Donovan Mitchell. I'm really not. Yeah, I. I it's understandable. If Donovan's okay, look. I can't see any world they put a roster out there this season that is good enough to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. But if Donovan's okay with that, make an all-star game, average 28, 28 a night, they have obviously a ton of picks that they might be able to quickly pivot and figure something out there in Utah. Super interesting offseason continues in the NBA, and the Summer League has kept that fire going. We'll get to the Summer League in, in hour number two, give you some breakdowns on those games and everything that's going on. But up next, the Dallas Cowboys take center stage right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. got a classic quote out of Dallas around their star quarterback, Dak Prescott. It is this time of year, and it should be. Basically, if you're not hearing this, you need to be a little bit concerned. As the story goes, according to Dak Prescott, coming into camp this year, coming into this season, he is in, quote, the best shape of his life. Donnie, I mean, stop the presses. Dak's feeling good. People in Dallas are very, very excited. I mean, based on last year, right? At least initially, we were talking about, you know, stepping up in the first game of the season. Is Dak's shoulder going to fall off or is his ankle going to be, you know, surgically rebuilt enough for him to carry the weight of a franchise over 17 games? And he did. Dak's a really good quarterback. He'll be 29 at the end of this month. But I do love this. Like, what are they supposed to say, Kevin? And I, I like to equate this to like surgeries, like, you know, Dr. Andrews, who does so many ACL surgeries. After he gets on a surgery, goes to the podium or just puts a quote in there. It was the best surgery I think I ever performed in my life. A week later, this surgery couldn't have went any better. Have we ever heard, like, whispers? Man, you, Dak Prescott showed up 30 pounds overweight. It looked like he wrecked his ankle by skateboarding all summer long. And quite frankly, it looks like he never threw a football since the season ended. We're never going to hear that here. Of course you're going to hear. Now, let's, let's also look at this. Like, we're here Dak Prescott, and I always like to bring this up. So Dak looks great, and uh, great, gr- rightfully so. He's had some pretty good years in the NFL and a great offense down in Dallas. But you're supposed to do this, right? Even if Dak Prescott was like, hey, look, a little hobbled on that ankle. Looks as good as can mm-hmm. be. There's another team in the NFC West out here that I'm not getting that hype from. And we'll continue to drag these names out without even talking about the names themselves. This is what your franchise is supposed to do. Boy, I've never seen Dak better. Even though he's had seasons of 37 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns, mm-hmm. passer ratings right around 100 every year. That's good to hear as a Cowboys fan. Other organizations should follow suit here, Kev. Listen, I, I, told, I told this to Donnie before we got into this. I do not want to somehow, <laughs> even though it's easy, turn this into the Trey so Lance easy. slander segment. So easy. Just for comparison, though. Dak, best shape of his life. Trey Lance yes. dealing with a dead arm. Like, that's where we are right now in San Francisco. We will leave it at that for now. Yeah. Here is the All thing right. on here is the thing on Dak, though. When you talk about kind of pressure on a quarterback coming into a year, right? Dak routinely always felt like the appropriate answer because we were is, is will Dallas pay him? Will Dallas pay him? And obviously, we know that they have. But there's also still always big expectations on the Dallas Cowboys, whoever's going to be their starting quarterback. And a player like Dak Prescott, when he flashes, you see, man, that is one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. Look at everything that's there. But so often with Dak, 
when it's not going exactly right for him. Oh, what do you what do you want him to do? I mean, his left tackle's missing. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I couldn't <laughs> ask a quarterback yeah. to shine without his without his left tackle info. Ah, oh, what do you want him to do? Amari Cooper now plays football in Cleveland. Hold on a minute. I thought they had the best set of skill position players the NFL has ever seen. I just look. I get it. It's a one game sample size. Cool. Good. Got great. He lost. At home to Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, forget that. 23 of 43, 254 yards, a touchdown and a pick. He averaged 5.9 yards per pass and completed under 55% of his passes in a home playoff game there against the 49ers. You know, can is Dak Prescott have enough talent to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, sure. He, he does. But is Dak Prescott good enough to get Dallas to the promised land? Will he put together a good enough stretch to get them where they need to go? The jury is still out. And I think, Donnie, to be honest with you, it feels like to me this will be the worst set of circumstances Dak will be in during his entire tenure in Dallas. Amari is is in Cleveland. The offensive line maybe a little less sure of. This feels like the most Dak will need to go above and beyond since he's been the Cowboys' starting quarterback. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head here because when you take a look at Dak Prescott, I think he's a very good quarterback in the NFL. I honestly do. And if we're looking just on paper heading into the 2022 NFL season, NFC East purposes, he's the best quarterback on paper in that division. Now, we'll see if Daniel Jones can somehow resurrect his career. Same thing with Carson Wentz there for the Commanders. And, of course, Jalen Hurts, the young quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, looking to take that next step. So entrenched as the best quarterback in the NFC East, yes, he is. But I thought you brought up a pretty good point because when you're looking at the Dallas Cowboys, to say what you want about Jerry Jones as the owner and can't get this team over the hump, the one thing they've been able to do is A, draft, and B, surround talent around Dak Prescott because you were talking about last year and the year before having one of the best wide receiver combos in the NFL with the drafting of CD lamb. And also, you know, one of your star wide receivers moves on, or let's just say Washington this year, Michael Gallup coming back from a knee injury, but Amari Cooper was a shining light for that team. who seemed wide open on every single play. And you're right. They had one of the best offensive lines in football over the past five years, per se. That's no longer the case now. And also, you're talking about a running back so dynamic in Zeke Elliott where Mm -hmm. you start to get up there in years and you get a couple hundred touches a year. You start to slow down, and there's question marks for me. And as I said last year, Zeke Elliott's not even the best running back on his football team anymore. So you're asking Dak Prescott if he is as healthy as going to be. He's really going to have to step up to the podium. Now, as I said that, he's done that with the Dallas Cowboys. But you're right about one thing. This isn't the best group of skill position players that he's had to work with, including their offensive line. And also keep in mind, the NFC's kind of down the past couple of years where I think like Dak Prescott just stepped out there like, yeah, everybody's still trying to get their quarterbacks, you know, under center in the NFC East. We're entrenched here. We're just going to win games by default because I'm a better quarterback than 99% of the other quarterbacks here in the division on a day-to-day basis. That's not going to be the case this year. So we'll see if other teams step up in the NFC East. But the Dak Prescott point is here. I still think he's the best quarterback in the NFC East. But maybe, Kevin, a little bit handicapped this year. And that then sets up a potential MVP conversation for Dak Prescott. We'll get to the season-long props in just a minute, but Dak is 12-1 to to win MVP coming into this year. In front of him, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. Just those five names. Dak is at 12-1 to to win the award. From a narrative perspective, I think Dak checks some boxes, right? Now, they're a favorite in their division, and I do think kind of... 
it is going to require a big year from Dak if this Cowboys team is going to get where, of course, kind of some of the numbers suggest they will. I think their defense is going to take a step back this year, kind of the normal regression that comes with a defense, especially one that relied so much on being a turnover defense. I think Dak's going to have to put up some big numbers, but last year he finished seventh in yards, 37 touchdowns, which is a Cowboys record, to only 10 interceptions, and I don't even feel like he was a part of the conversation. And in fact, he ended up getting the Comeback Player of the Year award taken from him over the last month of the season from Joe Burrow, which was a bit surprising. How much juice does Dak have in an MVP race to you? He's got none for me, to be honest with you. And I preface by saying he's a very good quarterback. But sometimes when you look at the overall, you know, people in line, and if you look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, let's just go and say he's sixth in line, but obviously tied there with Joe Burrow 12-1. to 1. Josh Allen or Dak Prescott? I want Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott? I want Mahomes. Brady, give me him. Rodgers, give me him. Justin Herbert, yes. Joe Burrow, who's tied with him, I'd take him. Behind him, Russell Wilson going to Denver if they win big. I'll take him. Matthew Stafford, oh, yeah, he just won a Super Bowl, got a new contract, and still has Sean McVay as his offensive coordinator. I'll take him with the addition now of Allen Robinson to go with Cooper mm-hmm. Cup. And then of Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm taking all those quarterbacks over Dak Prescott, and not because I don't think Dak Prescott can have a better year, but you're talking MVP. If we're thinking about taking a back step here with the Dallas Cowboys, where it's going to be a closer divisional race than what we had perceived or anticipated over the last couple years, where maybe the Dallas Cowboys were the favorite. Also, you're taking away some of his weapons. Maybe Ezekiel Elliott declining a little bit. That offensive line moving back. I got to tell you, he is getting a ton of respect at 12-1 to here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. That, quite frankly, again, good quarterback. But I don't even have him, like, in my end, my end, I just could say MVP crosshairs at this point. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Maybe a, a kind of the description of a guy who isn't safe enough, like all these, you know, Allens, Mahomes, and not enough value then on the back front of it. Uh, just to compare, though, there's a market on the fan of the season specials tabs for people. The Cowboys have the best regular season record is 10-1. to 1. If that happens... I almost guarantee a Dak Prescott's going to win MVP. So from that perspective, there's a bit of value on Dak. I think the narrative, again, can set up nicely. And I think Dak's going to have to have a big year if this team is going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. The problem is, I don't know about all that. I don't know if that's where the Dallas Cowboys are going. I've said it plenty of times here on this show. What was the best move the Cowboys have made over this offseason? I don't I mean, what, saving money by letting Amari Cooper go to Cleveland. I mean, it was not a banner year for the Dallas Cowboys in the offseason. Where I'm more interested, if you want to talk 12-1, to is Dak have the most passing yards in the regular season. And I'll tell you a number that I'm flat. I'm very, very interested in. Donnie, over and under, 4,320 and a half yards is the number for Dak Prescott. I look at that, and it simply feels like a yes-no on health. Last year, 4,000. 449 yards for Dak and in only 16 game season because he did miss the one game. If you remember the the Sunday nighter against Minnesota where Cooper Rush goes out there and beats Kirk Cousins because of course he does. Uh, Dak, if you even go back to 2019, obviously missed a lot of time in 2020 for 4,900 yards. I look at Dak. I think the defense comes back. I think they're in closer football games. I think this guy flirts with maybe 5,000 yards this year. If the health is there, Donnie, I think he can fly over his season-long prop of 4,300. 
I, I think it's doable as well. You're right, because they still have the semblance of a very good offense. Even though you did lose Amari Cooper and your offensive line's a little bit of a downgrade, if Dak Prescott, quite frankly, last year threw for, let's just say, 4,500 yards if we round it up, he was had a lot of question marks starting that season with the ankle and the shoulder injuries of the past. But this year, not going to have that. So I do think there's a legitimate chance that if he does approach 5,000 yards, he's absolutely going to be in that MVP race, by the way. But if I'm just looking from that total we're looking at, if he's healthy and plays 17 games, he's going to surpass that. Cowboys are still a decent offense to above-average offense in the NFL, and he's healthy. He's got a pretty good arm on his shoulder. He'll do that. CeeDee Lamb obviously now is wide receiver one. And, I mean, he, I guess he was last year as well, but the gap is widened for CeeDee Lamb compared now to the, the man across him mm-hmm. in this offense here. Last year, 1,102 yards in 16 games of work. His number coming into this season is 1,100 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Any juice on that? You and I, last year, we did our five best season-long player props. I believe we'll be running that back again this year. You see that C.D. Lamb number. Does that feel like an over-under or maybe just a stay away? It feels like over for me because, again, 17 games, where you're the focal point. Now, keep in mind, sometimes you can feed off of other very good wide receivers, which Amari Cooper was, which means you can't say, all right, let's go out here and play double coverage on both guys. You can't do that. You're shading your coverage. You're tilting your coverage to one side of the field, depending on who you think that dominant wide receiver is. Now, last year, 79 catches for 1,100 yards for CeeDee Lamb, but now he moves into that de facto number one. So that means on any given Sunday that you're going to play, He's getting double-digit targets, which means he is mm-hmm. going to be the focal point of that passing offense. I think he goes over and has a big season. I do. C.D. Lamb at 12-1, to 1, similar to Dak, to have the most receiving yards in the season. Yeah. You have, if you like that, you have to have a piece then, though, of the 1,100 and a half. Probably more stay away, lean over, similar to you, though. Again, he needs to have a huge season for the Dallas Cowboys. Fun break down there. We'll hit a little bit of the Wimbledon as we close out our number one next right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Closing out hour one with the Wimbledon slash tennis conversation. Over the weekend, Novak wins his 21st major, fourth consecutive Wimbledon there. I believe now just one behind Nadal for the all-time majors trophy there. I believe it's 22, and then I think it's 21 for Novak. I think it might be 20 for Federer there. So, I mean, again, you kind of see, like, those three tier of their own, really, when it comes to the sport. I, 
considering that they're both still active, is it a clear lock that Novak catches and then passes Nadal for most major trophies? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's guaranteed at this point here because you have two elements that are certainly collide here, Kevin, in tennis. It's Rafael Nadal, who both of these guys, let's just say, call it basically the same age. One seems to be breaking down while the other one mm -hmm. seems to be marching forward. But you also have COVID-19 where one guy is not vaccinated and can't play in certain tournaments here. So he's also hamstrung. This is a wild finish here to see who actually takes down more majors than the other because one's an injury. And one's vaccination. It's kind of odd to review it. And for those that don't know, and 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 Yaris had actually kind of pointed this out to me because I saw the U.S. Open odds for 2022. Novak Djokovic is the favorite at plus 130. The odds, though, right now that he plays in the U.S. Open <laughs> are probably much longer than plus 130. So I guess if you're looking to get out in front of some tennis futures, the favorite, Donnie, again, according to the news, and you kind of explain to people here, is that He's not even going to be there for this tournament. Yeah, unless some vaccination, you know, ch status changes here in the United States, it looks like he's not going to be welcome to playing in that tournament. Now, we'll see, and we've seen, you know, Kyrie yeah. Irving be able to ease restrictions here in New York City. This is the world's best tennis player saying, I can't play in the U.S. Open. And if you are the networks, Kevin, what do you think they would rather have? Djokovic out or Djokovic in? We'll see if they can sort of lean on the U.S. government here. Yeah, it'll be interesting there. Again, he is a plus 130 to win the U.S. Open. Medvedev plus 185. Nadal's plus 430. Kyrgios 26 to 1, 29 to 1 on Federer. Hour number two coming right up here on the early line. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.